Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. No, don't say it. Don't give well, it away. We're going to find out this episode. No, I'm not starting yet. I'm oh. not starting yet. I think that's a good start. <laughs> that's a really good start. <laughs> Is it? Say it again just like you did. Did you know it's week five of quarantine? Did you know it's week five of quarantine? You mean lockdown? I mean lockdown. <laughs> By God, that's a long time. Five weeks in lockdown. Five weeks in lockdown. I mean, we've lockdown. done it all before. but It's 750 weeks. It does feel like quarantine. Do you know where the word quarantine comes from? Episode six, welcome. It's Chick Street. We talk about chicks in history and in the present. Mm. I'm Evie Jones. I'm Annette Potatoes. <laughs> and we are your hosts. And that's Pete, tippy tapping in the background. That's fine. Yeah. Can he's going to be tippy tapping. Oh, good boy. Yeah, there we go. And this week, we're going to talk all about chicks, women even. <laughs> Women in pandemics, not just the pandemic we're in, women in pandemics of law. Yeah, we had of this. Of your. Of law? No, what? of your. Of your. Yeah, we had this crazy idea to do a special episode yeah. and we're going to do themed episodes for for the next little while. Yeah, until we run out of themes. Until we run out of themes. Then we'll think of something else. Yeah, before we get before there though. Before we get there though. Do you want to just repeat everything I say? say? (laughs) Gosh. Anyway, before we go there, let's talk about the show that we recommended we watch last week. Did you watch it? Yeah. I I did. Were you asking me or were you asking them? You. I did. I did too. It was called What It Feels To Be Free, How It Feels To Be Free. That's right. (gasps) Do you remember I said last week? I wonder if Alicia Keys has got anything to do with it. Yep, and she's the executive producer. She is. I noticed that as well. Well, I've, yeah, it's her. It's right yeah. up her alley, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I loved it. Really, I mean, you know, God, it's all about women. It's history. It's music. Interesting stories about, I think, backgrounds of these women that we know of, that we've mm. heard of, mm. um, or names that you like, Diane Carroll. Like I know, I've heard of, I've heard her name before, but I didn't. Yep really get where kind of she's where she comes from yeah um and so yeah so we've watched two so I watched two episodes so far the series covers Lena Horne Abby Lincoln Nina Simone Cicely Tyson Diane Carroll and Pam Greer yeah um and again Pam Greer that's a that's a name I've heard but I don't know her story. Yeah, well, she was in Jackie Brown, which was oh, a Quentin right. Tarantino movie. Ah. One of his only flops, actually. Like, yeah. it really got paired. So I found that watching that, there was just so – it was so interesting watching people talk about how when they first saw coloured people on yep. TV and how yes. they'd yell out to each other, there's a colour person on the TV. Yeah, and they mostly had roles of being help or yes. slaves or, yes. um, you know. Servant roles. And, I mean, it was funny because we did an episode um, in our first season about Hattie McDaniel who yes. said, I'll play as many roles as, as it takes. I'd rather play a servant than be a servant. Yes, um, yes. And how many 
there was a woman, Lena Horne, who was on the silver screen, never had a speaking role. So, you know, and she wore that Marilyn Monroe dress mm-hmm, mm. so from Some Like It Hot. That's and she was right. so offended that she had to wear a white woman's hand-me-down. So yes. Who wouldn't be? That's right. Um, and fun fact, you know, in 2003, the um, ABC were going to do a um, biographical film on yeah. Lena Horne. Janet Jackson was going to play her. Oh, yeah. But do you remember the wardrobe malfunction? Oh, yeah. God, didn't she? Oh. The Super Bowl? So it got canned. She got um, yeah. She Unbelievable. Got dropped from it. Because she showed a nip. Yeah, she she had a, a, a nip slip. Yeah. God, she all because she slip. showed a nipple. And she didn't even show – did she show a nipple? No, it wasn't. It was it had was a covered. star on it. Yeah. That's – oh, God, America. <laughs> what is wrong with you? America. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, Lena Horne, she was blacklisted for being a communist, wasn't she? Yeah, and she had to promise that she wasn't going to um, – Get into any it, of that into yeah. to be booked again. It's a, um, it's a great series documentary, like just looking at the old clubs, the old jazz clubs. I know. But you notice that she was like a goddess of the silver screen. You know, mm. she was so stunningly beautiful, but she was very white looking. Wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, thin lipped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, small nose. Yes. You know, yeah. straightened hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was as black as they were going to allow it, yeah in in a non-servant role yeah which is so horrifically disappointing mm. so it must be so nice and as we'll we'll go on and see in the next couple of episodes it will be so nice to see them as it evolves you know mm-hmm. as their mm-hmm. afros start to be allowed to be seen not just in servant roles or covered up or you know that kind of thing be proud of it well in um Remember in episode two, Abby Lincoln and Nina Simone are both called out for being too black. Too black, yeah. So the so the community turns against them, which is just such a, a weird side of that that you don't even think about. That, yeah. Um, I think Abby Lincoln is, a, is called a professional Negro and oh, she's yeah. overdoing it and using her blackness to exploit her career. Mm. Um, and then there's a scene where um, – She's getting interviewed, I think, with a journalist and she goes off at him and she's like, if there's anyone who's allowed to be black and and be proud of their blackness, it's It's a a black woman. It's a black person. But they, yes, they let their hair grow, um, you know, they let it fro out. Fro out. Free the fro. And they get um, nailed for it. And by their own community. Like that's Mm. internalised racism because we're just so programmed aren't we they would be just as programmed as us yeah to look down don't be too much of anything Mm, mm -hmm. and then when you're a woman you're too much yeah yeah they wouldn't say that about a man they wouldn't have said that about a black they didn't say that they say that in the series they didn't say they wouldn't say it about miles davis john coltrane they would never um yeah, that, that would never would never happen. So that was a good series. We hope That's you good. watched it and let us know in our DMs if what you think. Um, have we got new reckeys for this week, something to watch, read or listen to? I do, in fact, and I'm really excited about this one because I've actually um, – I'm familiar with the, the podcast series um, Unravel True Crime. Mm-hmm. They've done five, I think, five different um, 
a series, all based on an Australian murder or crime or something. Yep. And so this is the season five in, in that series about uh, Juanita Nelson and the ABC have actually made a documentary about it as well so okay. a two-part series so it's the you're sort of following the making of the podcast which is oh, okay. amazing yeah that would be good so it's got uh Juanita so it's about Juanita Nelson it follows her I think it's her niece Juanita back in the day in the 70s she was she lived in Victoria Street in the cross mm-hmm. that was being overtaken by development so you've probably heard of the the dude Abe Saffron mm. um, so he was part of the whole that whole kind of trying to get King's Cross high-rise buildings knock down all the beautiful terrace houses they enlist the help of like thugs they call them who actually Mm. come and like sledgehammer down the doors and do all that so there's a massive big fight over property and then one day Juanita goes to the carousel club and if you love that Australian Sydney in the 70s it's so good and you'll recognize places um so yeah so on July 4 1975 she leaves home to go and have a meeting um Abe Saffron and some of his men because apparently they told her they wanted – she was also publishing a newspaper and they had gotten her in to say, we want to advertise in your newspaper, lured her in and never never, seen again. never been seen again. She's never been found. Um, No one's ever been charged for um, her murder. There was an inquest in 1983 and they said there was not enough evidence to make a case against any known person. So, And he had something to do with the Luna Park. Yeah, I mean, it was just that whole – that time. He was an absolute crook. Sydney in that time, I mean, there was – there would have been so much of that stuff going on with like the police and and the paying people off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's not a very nice guy. No, by the looks of it. an absolute waste of space. Like a yeah. real evil man. Yeah. Who yeah. just clearly bulldozed people who got yeah. in his way. Yeah. And money, 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 money. Yeah. Protected to mm. the nth degree by coppers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that documentary on the Lunar Park Ghost train fire. When they followed the money, followed yes. everything, yep. you know, which eventually went all the way to Neville Ran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything between him and that that yeah. ghost train fire yep. was just nothing but corruption and yep. just name after name after name after name. And it was cops, yeah. cops, cops, yeah. Yeah. developers, yeah. everything. Well, this is very similar and it does get into the politics side of things. It gets into right, all of that. Um, wow, okay, well, yeah, definitely going to watch that then. It's got history. It's got an amazing woman who, you know, was so – just so instrumental in fighting conservation, you know, and, and like yeah. one woman yeah. trying to do that, you know, and stand up to these yeah. bullies, Yeah, well, basically. it worked because there's still a lot of terraces in, in Victoria in St Kilda, King's Cross, <laughs> same thing, but Sydney-based. yeah. Oh, wow. Good. Wow. What an awful story. If you are loving this podcast, why don't you rate and review us? That's it. Also, follow us now. I think it's called follow. It's not subscribe anymore. There's a little plus button. Just push it. Follow us and you'll get a little tick and we'll be like, there you go. Followed. Boom. Give us five stars. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at chickstery underscore podcast. And also now on TikTok because that's what all the cool kids are doing. 
Yeah. At Chicks Through Podcast. Bougie. Son of Ratchet. And let's get into women in pandemics. Now, we're in a pandemic. We are in a pandemic Who right now. Who thought we'd ever live to be in a pandemic? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. So I did a little bit of research. I did a bit of digging to try and give us a bit of context. Yeah. For the chat. Um, and I've got a little bit of a timeline for you. Okay. A pandemic timeline. Yeah, good. The, I think that would be really interesting because mm. we are in a pandemic now. Yeah. So how far back have you gone as far as pandemics go? Because there I, has been a few. Oh, well, I've gone back to um, 541 AD. So that's... After, or is that before Christ? Why that's after. Why have done everything that's based after. on that guy? Yeah, that's the... Whether well, it happened I, before he was born or after he was born. Well, it's AD, so that's after... Yeah. D- so, But that's d- really early. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, around the time of... Well, just before the fall of the Roman Empire. Right. Um, the Byzantine Empire. Yep. And um, straight after this uh, plague the Roman Empire went into what was known as the Dark Ages. So that was kind of like the first like economic recession. It was marked by, yeah, economic, intellectual and cultural decline. So um, so when you hear about the Dark Ages, that's what what that is. So So is that what... Were they went in because of? And yeah, what it was triggered. That plague so that was called the Justinian plague. Oh God, Justinian! And it was actually after the emperor um, Justin, someone, something, uh, and a hundred and twenty million people died. <gasps> so, oh my God! Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a big one, and it believed that that was the first significant appearance of the bubonic plague, right? Um, which features. Mm. Enlarged lymphatic glands, mm. and it's carried by rats and spread by fleas on rats. Fleas on meepers you were meepers and fleas on rats. rats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we went that straight away. Yeah. Um, the only guy a girl can trust is her daddy. That's right. Do you know what? Just a, a sideline. The other night, um, Angie and I we often talk to each other through voice not voice messages or voice yep. or video messages yeah and she, she spends the entire video message looking at her own self going pointing going oh look at my skin oh god i look awful oh, uh, yeah oh. and um she's like oh look at that crater face and then she goes she goes remember that part in greece she goes something something greater face she goes i can't remember what the words are but it's something something Crater face, and I was laughing my head off because I, I I sent back to her a video that said, "We just phonetically know Greece. We don't yeah. remember some of the lines. Yeah. We just remember the sounds and some of the words." I said, "The 100%. scene you're talking about is where Crater Face backs his car into Kaniki and Rizzo making out, oh, and he they yes. pop out out the top. Yes, yeah, and yeah. he goes." What are you doing? And he goes, you're parked in a no parking zone, zone creep. creep. And he yeah. goes, the whole place is a no parking zone, creative face. <laughs> yes. And I sent that back to Angie. Yes. I said, so you got the zone, zone creative face. Yeah, 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 All she yeah. knew was the sound was zone, creative face. Yeah, so yeah. it was a parking zone, creative oh, face. Oh, that's so funny. Isn't yes. it? And also, I only realised that when they I think who I can't remember who says it nobody's jugs are bigger than a nuts yeah and, and that, I didn't and even Funicello. I didn't put I didn't put that together no, that, no me neither that, that was and my name was Annette yeah. and I was like oh 
Yeah. Hang on, they're talking about my jugs. Yeah. Um, her, and remember in Stand By Me, they talk about Annette's tits getting bigger and the A and the E start to stretch out yeah. as they watch Mickey Mouse Mickey Club. <laughs> Annette Funicello must have been every teenage boy and adolescent boy. Spank boys. bank. Absolute spank bank. Spank bank. <laughs> Sperm donations. Thanks for coming. Okay, I don't know how we got on, how we went from the bubonic plague we went to, to fleas and meepers on fleas. Meepers and fleas on rats. So then in 1350, along comes the Black Death. So that's 1350 from 541. So yeah. that's, that's a big. There were and there were a little there were a couple of little, little ones plates, I didn't yeah. Yep, no, no. Please. Just baby these plates. Are big ones. <laughs> these yeah, these are the, are big, are the big ones. ones. Uh, so that infected seventy five million people worldwide it's a, it's a and lot. killed twenty five million. It's but, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and that was again spread uh, that was the bubonic plague, very similar, and it was spread via the Silk Roads in Europe. So because of um, that's how it spread so far through Europe, um, again, through um, meeps of fleas on rats. And then we've got – so we're just going to – yeah, and then we kind of we go through the Great Plague of London in 1665. That was definitely rats. Rats, absolutely rats. Um, 1817 was the first cholera pandemic. Yep. Uh, 1889, we had the Russian flu. 1918, we have the Spanish flu. So that's so the that's one the that – That's the one we refer to a lot because it was 100 years ago. Yeah, and, and look – you know, there's the Russian flu, the Spanish flu, 1957 was the Asian flu um, and, you know, when Trump was like, it's from China, this is the oh, China. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's not – we've called pandemics yeah, we've from done where that. the – We we have because it's a quite a, a racist thing to do. It's very racist. So we don't do that anymore as much as, as Trump tried. Mm. He really did try and, you know mm-hmm. what, it didn't stick. It didn't stick. <laughs> Didn't stick the Chinese, Chinese flu, flu. Uh, but the Spanish flu didn't actually even start in Spain either. So no, that's right. The Spanish flu killed fifty million people. Our virus at the moment has killed four point five five million so far. Mm. So I don't think we're ever going to see something like fifty million because we no. have so much medicine, yeah, and um, yeah. science. Yeah. So um, and just fun fact: mm-hmm. the term influenza. Well, it's a Latin word, but it was said to describe an intangible fluid that was given off by the stars. So uh, the Italians referred to an influenza, um, to any disease outbreak to be influenced by stars. So they thought that sicknesses came from the sky and from stars. Wrong, but... Wrong, but nice. Nice, yes. It's a lovely word. Italians do that. Influenza. And that's where we got influences from. That's where we got the Italian influences from. They are fluid. Yeah. They are from somewhere above us. They are stars. They think they're stars. Yeah, they're stars. So, yes, we go from the Spanish flu, 1918, the Asian flu, 1957, (laughs) racist. Um, 1981, we have to give a nod to AIDS. Mm-hmm. HIV, and then in 2003 we had SARS, and that infected. Uh, that only infected eight thousand people. Because yeah, we got onto it really, really fast. And then the another fun fact I found while I was researching was the term quarantine. So again, from the <gasps> Italians, oh. and um, I know what this one means. Go 40, 40 nights. 
40 days of 40 quarantine. Days. So quarantine. Quaranta. So quart yeah, so quattro is four, quaranta and um oh. quaranta quaranta forty. <laughs> so yeah, ships would have to wait forty days in Venice before entering due to the black plague. Um and that's where quarantine comes from. The word oh, quarantine. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to some of the amazing women in mm. we, throughout pandemic so I just want to say that women throughout pandemics or outbreaks mm. women have kicked ass basically yeah so even COVID affects men more and, mm, and the scientists mm. are baffled they don't know why it's always been that way yeah um but when men get it they go down like a bag of shit which also which then prompted um the article to talk about you know man flu and how is yes. it much worse for them than yeah. we think it is? Right. Because they really can't handle it the way we can. Yeah, I know. And we've and we've we joked about man time. flu and yeah. the man should I call the mambulance? Yeah. And they have a a wambulance because they're wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> No, so maybe, who knows? Maybe that's why they get it so bad, because they're getting it so bad. What? Yeah, yeah. And and it also another important thing to note is a lot of these pandemics gave women opportunities they never had before so you know how yeah. we've talked before about women stepping into roles when men went Go off to, to war, war yeah all that kind of stuff same so, thing same thing yeah. you know women were able to kind of step into um yeah roles that they hadn't previously been as able well to. as still being the carers yeah yes and that's why women have had so much to do with i think pandemics because we mm. are carers by nature so, of course, we're going to then just pop on a job as well. Yeah. You know, keep the steelworks going, keep the yeah yeah the factories going as yeah. well as caring. Yeah, and a lot of women volunteered. So a lot of women who were just doing a normal job put their hands up to volunteer because they needed more volunteers throughout pandemics. And one example I wanted to do, a little shout out to Catherine Hannon. Mm -hmm. um, she was actually an employee of Johnson & Johnson mm -hmm. in the early 1900s. She was she worked in the in-house advertising departments uh, and the, during the Spanish uh, flu, they, they asked for women to put their hands up to uh, mm -hmm. volunteer. She was the only volunteer from Johnson & Johnson to put their hand up and go, I will go and, you know, treat these. Were all the other people in their men? Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so the Red Cross put out the, um, the call and Catherine uh, volunteered. So she went, she was sent to Siberia to serve with the American Expeditionary Forces as the chief nurse of the evacuation hospital oh, uh, where yeah. she and fellow nurses treated wounded soldiers and those suffering from the flu. And that also, this whole thing about, you know, women being, you know, volunteering. Meanwhile, in Australia, we were being told to, to be unselfish yeah. and be obedient mm. and basically risk our lives. So there's an article from the Brisbane Courier in 1919. They were being pressured. Women who had no experience in nursing, um, they were being called a woman's patriotic duty to put her own life at risk for the good of the state. Wow, yeah. While a lot of the male doctors kind of were like, give up, this is too hard – 
we can't, I can't, we can't, they couldn't solve the problem. Women stepped in and, and said, well, we can't solve it, but we can care for these yeah. people. Yeah. And it was women who did, you know, most of the home-based care. So yeah. in the early 19th century, it was very common to still treat people uh, in their home. Yeah. And they would, you know, go and, and look after these people. Also along the way, you know, risk getting infected yeah. themselves. And that's today as well. Mm-hmm. Like Gladys Berejiklian was saying, unless when, you know, when they open up again, when mm. we open up again, if I don't know if we're going to open up down here, but how once it really starts to get going, unless you need a respir- respirator, mm-hmm. you mm. will be cared for at home. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no space. There won't be, no. Yeah, so I think obviously shout out to the nurses on the on the front yeah. lines throughout history who have done that, but also the volunteers, yeah. all those women who had no experience, but yeah. you know they were the unsung heroes of a lot of and those. So many of them would have died. Yeah, well, what are nurses, nurses have died today. Nurses. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the nuns. Nuns oh, have played a nuns. big big role. Let's hear it for the. Nuns. Let's hear it for the nuns. Woo! <laughs> so nuns um, have been around since the Black Plague, cholera. Like they have had a big, big role in in epidemics, pandemics. Mm. Um, what they've been able to do in their convents, leave their convents. Uh, the role of sisters in nursing the victims of the 1918 pandemic that yielded millions of deaths worldwide is increasingly recognised. What perhaps is less known, though, for centuries, nuns, both in Europe and as immigrants to the United States, have been ahead of the time of uh, bringing volunteering further, this article says. Bringing... Further? Further. Further? Favor. Favor. Yes, and entrepreneurial skill Uh to their mission of tending the sick and preventing illnesses from spreading. Take the clever, well-educated nuns of Renaissance Italy. Let's, for example, these women often cloistered in a life they had not chosen, ran commercial pharmacies out of their convent that supplied a considerable amount of revenue stream for the communities. Mm -hmm. The, uh, The evidence is overwhelming that religious women were deeply immersed in commercial culture and applied remedies that were considered extremely valuable. Educated in the medicinal arts of their day, many nuns carved out a market niche for themselves by creating a specialty remedy. That includes medication to ward off plagues. One of the smart things that consumers could do was to stock up on preventative remedies. Right. Okay, so one notable example was the astronomer Galileo's illegitimate daughter. Galileo. Uh, she was a poor Claire nun mm-hmm. and a well-known apotheric. Carry. I don't know what that is. Apocoth- ap- apocothery? Yeah. Apocothery. What is it? It's like a, uh, a like a, a pharmacy. Apocothery. Apocothery. Yeah, it's like a like a pharmacist. Okay. It'll, you can go in there and get all your medicines and your her- oh, herbs. Okay. Well, her name yeah. was Maria Celeste Galileo. Oh. Apocothery. Apocothery. <laughs> uh, well, she created a remedy to prevent the plague for her own father. Wow. Galileo. <laughs> she... She had a mixture of dried figs, nuts, and the herb rue bound together with honey in a portion approximately the size of a walnut, followed by some good wine. She was Italian, so. 
As sisters launched orders and congregations and engaged the population outside convent walls, nursing and volunteering really came into their own with the rise of active orders like the Daughters of Charity, um, founded in the 17th century, and by Vincent de Paul, still As around today. Then he went on to become a saint. Yep. And Louis de Marillac. So nuns did not seem to be daunted either mm-hmm. by geography or bigotry. Sisters of Mercy, um, one of the women from there had an experience as a crisis nurse during an Irish cholera epidemic mm. when she sailed for San Francisco in 1854, an era of anti-Catholic and anti-Irish bias. In 1855, when a cholera e- epidemic broke out, she added, the rich escaped the city. But the nuns stayed and nursed the sick and dying. Mm. Then the public attitude towards the, toward them changed, changed dramatically. Wow. So incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have didn't go to a Catholic school, but I know a lot of my friends who did. And I still watch them struggle with their Catholic guilt and the mm. trauma that they went through. But it's interesting, a friend of mine, ours, Claire, who went to, and we often talk about, you know, the Catholic school system and Mm -hmm. just how hard it was Mm. um but how you know the reason that that all kind of came about was because of the children who didn't get educations like the irish nuns would take them and and educate them for free that's how catholic schools began because they weren't allowed they couldn't afford to go to school so the yeah nuns created schools so I mean, wow. they, the nuns have nuns have been given a bad rap over the years. Well, so you know? they should have. They've done some horrendous things. Well, yeah, I mean, the in the name of their of Catholicism. Yeah. yeah, but as far as women go, yeah, they are heroes. Like, yeah, I think they all probably did it for the right reasons. They all got into, yeah, being a nun to you know serve God, which means to serve the people. But it just got lost. A few times. Today, who have we got anyone we want to talk about today? I wanted to give a shout out to to this amazing young, young woman. I want you to take yourself back. You're 14. You're in year eight. (gasps) Yep. You're doing a, a science assessment Yep. Perhaps studied, I did biology, so maybe sitting in your bedroom. Take us there, Evie. Just set the, set the scene. Well, there would have been, my bedroom was covered in pictures and posters and my own decorative drawings that I did dreadfully. Decorative drawings? Yeah, decorative drawings. What, what a, please. I couldn't draw, so what I did instead was get a, a paintbrush and paint, red paint, and just do s- flicks. <laughs> or I didn't know you were a decorative drawer. Yeah, I'm a decorative <laughs> painter, actually. Decorative painter. And it, it's I'm going to find a photo oh and, my gosh, of my bedroom. Yes, it was so bad what I did to it, and my mum and dad got such a shock. But apparently, we were renovating, so I got a, around it by saying, "Aren't we renovating it?" Okay, and they were like, "Yeah," and. Next minute, 30 years later, went by and it's still there. It was there for a really long time. And your parents, let's be honest, were renovating for about, for for their whole lives. Entire time. Yeah. Entire time. Yeah. (laughs) So that wall, those four walls stayed like that. Three walls. Dreadful. Dreadful. But 
Yeah, I wouldn't have done any homework. No, no science in my bedroom. It would have been all about Whitney Houston, Barbara mm-hmm. Streisand and Bross. And I would have been singing into my hairbrush. Yeah. I would have been recording the songs from the radio mm-hmm. and then playing them back and writing the lyrics out by hand. And I remember doing Lean On Me by... Remember Lean, Lean on, on Me? The band? What was the when band? When you're not strong. Something Vogue or something. And I'll be your friend. I'll, I'll help you carry on. Do you remember the bit where they go in the, at the end of the song? We be jamming. We, we be, be jamming, yeah. I could not. I could not figure get it out. It. I rewound that it. one bit and all I got was whippy pyjamas. <laughs> And I was like, whip pajamas. Whip pajamas. Whip pajamas. Whip pajamas. Yeah. I was like, mm, I don't um, know. Maybe we are pajamas. I know. It's maybe. like, uh, see, that would have been me also, but with Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yes, I would have been. I would have been at the same time trying to work out what the bloody hell Michael Jackson was saying in the um, "Go stand on the side of my kusa, go stand on the side of my kusa, go stand on the side of my kusa." Do you know what he was saying? No. Because that was a TikTok recently. What was he saying? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, no. But I'll, I'll it's going to kill me. Same. And if, and look, I, lo- I loved biology and I love studying because what I used to do, I know, I such a dork. Studying. What I used to do is I got my mum to buy me whiteboard pens and I used to pretend I was a teacher teaching myself back the stuff I'd learnt in That's class good. That's good. because I loved to write like I had these mirrored wardrobe doors oh yeah so that was my whiteboard so I would ho- have school and pretend that I was a school teacher and that's how I would study and it was so you must have done really well at school good I actually not did not too bad yeah, yeah. um so that's what I was doing anyway um Let's talk about what Anika Shabrolu was doing when she's fourteen. When she's fourteen, uh, so Anika is just have anything to do with Michael Jackson or Bros. It doesn't, although she is a uh, traditional um, Indian dancer. So Anika won the twenty twenty three M Young Scientist Challenge. Three M is in post it notes. Yeah, um, she won twenty five thousand dollars for discovering. Something that could provide uh, potential therapy to COVID-19. So Anika is a 14-year-old Indian-American girl. Uh, She started her science project in her bedroom when she was in eighth grade. Initially, she was looking to find a treatment for the influenza. Influenza. I can't say that word. I did it again. Um, That is a virus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so she was looking to find a treatment for the influenza virus. That meant she was studying and researching the pandemics that affected the world, just like we've taken you all through today, throughout history. And then she was actually started living through one. So as the COVID-19 outbreak spread around the world, uh, Anika decided that she wanted to switch her project she was working on to study COVID and the COVID-19 virus. So... She identified a lead molecule that can selectively bind to the spike protein of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and potentially inhibit the novel coronavirus. 
Her next goal, she says, is to work alongside scientists and researchers who are fighting to control the morbidity and mortality of the pandemic by developing her findings into an actual cure for the virus. Wow. <laughs> My e- if she finds one. Imagine. She's, cl- she's on her way. She like It's way. unbelievable. She says... This is, she's quoted, my effort to find a lead compound to bind to the spike protein of the SARS-CoV-2 virus this summer may appear to be a drop in the ocean, but still adds to all of these efforts. How I developed this molecule further and with the help of virologists and drug development specialists will determine the success of my efforts. So, Anika, clap, clap, clappity clap. Fourteen. Incredible. These are the kids that are going to change the world. Yeah. You know, her, uh, Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. Right? Egg boy. Egg boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for today's episode. Something a little bit different. Yeah. Next week. Yeah, what do we want to do next week? You so choose. We do women in... In crime. Oh, yes. Police. police. Yeah, police, detectives. Oh, no, I said please, not oh. police. <laughs> yeah, we can do police. Police. Um, we, yeah, women in crime. Okay. Women in crime. So women who On both sold. sides of the crime? No, we won't do, do criminals. Okay. We'll, we'll do that for another episode. Okay, I okay. reckon we do the women who Solving have, the crimes. Yeah, because, you know, women were not allowed to be yep. on mm-hmm. that side. Mm-hmm. Of the law. Yep. So, you know, when did that start? Like, okay. who were our pioneers? So, yes. let's look that kind of thing up and where we are today as mm-hmm. far as women in crime goes. Love it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.